0: This is Dennis Rundi. I'm here with my co-host Phil Goldberg, author of American Veda. Our guest today, Mariana Kaplan. She is a psychotherapist, yoga teacher, and the author of six books in the fields of psychology and spirituality, including the award-winning Eyes Wide Open: Cultivating Discernment on the Spiritual Path. Mariana, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on with us today.
1: Pleasure to be here.
0: Mariana, uh, I
2: know you for a while, and I know you have a rich and uh, varied background, Um, so the question I'm going to ask you'll have to answer uh, briefly, Mm -hmm. and that is to fill our audience in, you you sort of have lived on the intersection of some very interesting uh, disciplines, yoga and psyche, psychology and spirituality, um you're an academic, but you also uh teach um uh, and lecture and meet uh, work with people in a non academic context um How originally did you come to this intersection of of psychology and um spirituality, just to give our readers a little background
0: yeah. or a little depth, I should say yeah,
1: I mean. At this point in in midlife, I, I feel like I've been raised by by the subjects of psychology and yoga and its broader context of spirituality. Mm-hmm. So I I think I came to it like many people through through suffering, through longing, um, through you know being a child with big existential questions that that nobody in my um, very conservative upbringing was. Were prepared to meet, and and so I started the spiritual path very young, um, very naive, as most of us are when we start begin the path at any age, and and I think what happened, like I got my master's, I I was in my late teens, I was off in Mexico following shamans and you know getting messed up with all kinds of spiritual, um, you know fraudulent spiritual teachers and. And, and from that, it, 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 it said to me from the inside, like, wow, I have to do more psychological inner work. And then I ended up getting my master's in psychology and I would go deep into, deep into psychology and then I would hit a certain point And, and then my, my longing for something that only spirituality could, could bring to me would, would come on board again. So right when I finished my master's, I took a one-way ticket to India and stayed there for a year and met this great yogi. And, and it was like. Then I'd meet a certain point of spiritual um, process or development, and then I would see the psychological holes in my process. So the, my whole life's been sort of a dance between the two, and and I like I need them both, sort of like like a good mother and father who mm-hmm. who raised me and mm-hmm. continue to throughout my life.
0: Mariana, mm-hmm. uh, you you warn spiritual aspirants uh, to be use discernment on the path. Uh, it, when you say that, are you? Re- Referring to different teachers that they might encounter, or does it? Uh, are you talking about that and other uh, things as well?
1: Yeah, you know, when I wrote this book um, several years ago, called "Eyes Wide Open: Cultivating Discernment on the Spiritual Path," that you mentioned, I spent a long time with my publishers. Sounds true. Working on whether to include discernment or not in the title because the 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 pro for it was that that's actually what the book was about and the con was that we didn't know if enough people would know what that meant
2: mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know it they just wasn't being... discerning enough to know what discernment meant
1: well it wasn't being talked about enough yet yeah, yeah. but then we made the judgment call that by naming it like that you know we were helping to put it on the map and interestingly enough that was that book came out 6 7 years ago but more people are talking about discernment on the path and so, so to answer your question, um, definitely not only about teachers. It's there's there's discernments to be made with every respect of of the path, with um, with practices, and you know what practices are are actually useful for for what type of psyche and what type of need, and discernments to be made about ego and about psychology and about um, choices and. How to engage spirituality at different levels of development and spiritual bypassing, and right. So that particular book is you know 250 300 pages of of detailing these discernments, which on the one hand are often learned through trial and error, yet on the other hand we study, right, and ideally we we can um, we can benefit from other people's trials and errors mm-hmm. and and evolve evolve ourselves further, and not having to fall into all the same the same mistakes and as Phil mentioned when he was introducing me I I've been working clinically with people for the same period of time you know my whole adult life so so I have this this huge body of confidential data and a lot of my clients are spiritual practitioners and teachers and communities not exclusively but the majority so I I have not only my own discernments and mistakes, but the the sweeping patterns Mm -hmm. that I can't name specifically, but they come out as, you know, as
2: principles that other people can draw from. Interesting. Um, Marianna, uh, this is a kind of double-edged question. Um, The need for discernment, you indicated, sort of has um, come to uh, people's awareness over time, which, which suggests that the lack of discernment uh, kind of leads people into difficulties. And one of the difficulties uh, that I, uh, or challenges I wanted to ask you about, you named in your sort of listing, which is spiritual bypass. Um, it's, it's a term many of us are familiar with. A phenomenon many of us have witnessed, whether we know the term or not. But I think it's terribly important. So I'd like you to discuss some of the, um, the the pitfalls of lack of discernment and spiritual bypass, in particular.
1: Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because 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 I can't imagine my life anymore without without knowing about spiritual bypassing. And when you say that, I I was brought to to think of my many years where I taught graduate school and taught on these subjects and bringing to students' attention the principle of spiritual bypassing was often the the biggest aha in the whole semester it's like a sort of life changing principle and mm-hmm. to have words for it can can really help us so spiritual bypassing, which was coined by my dear friend and you know once upon a time mentor John Wellwood, the author and spiritual uh, Buddhist psychotherapist who was a student of Chögyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who coined the term spiritual materialism, John took that into the field of psychology and and was able to articulate for us this principle of spiritual bypassing, which is the use of spiritual principles, practices, ideas, concepts, in order to bypass or get around issues of human development, self-esteem, shaky sense of self, all the psychological phenomena that, that, that or ordinary human beings, which include all of us, will and must encounter on the spiritual path. So it's, it's basically the use of spirituality to avoid, to avoid spirituality,
0: mm-hmm. but,
1: or as a defense mechanism. <clears throat> and it's rampant, and it actually occurs on, on very overt and then very subtle levels, and I think keeps occurring throughout our spiritual lives, but not as a bad thing. Just as a as a phenomena of of how on our path to union, you know this egoic mechanism, which I, I never consider bad, but just a you know part of ourselves, like a limb. How this egoic mechanism continually um, co-opts these these subtler subtler defenses, and at an overt level, it. it can cause, it can wreak havoc in people's lives and in their relationships, and really be a uh, a major detour in our paths. And then, on subtler levels, it's it's I think an ongoing part and parcel of our work to 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 be constantly checking whether whether our intended deepening of our spiritual path is is bringing us into deeper union, right? Not only with some abstract or with or with spiritual phenomena, but with 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 others in our life and our environment, when we're talking post-election week, right? Is is, is, is our spirituality
0: <coughs> bringing people us do, yeah, closer know. and making
1: us more e- more effective, right? More more united with everything around yeah. us.
2: Can I follow up, then? Yeah, go ahead, uh, Mariana. Could you could you give us a really uh, a good example right. of a typical um, uh, way that spiritual bypassing manifests?
1: yes so often when we engage in the spiritual path initially whether we're younger or a little bit older um and we get we get very big ahas about about things we might get insights into non-dual experience or we might be broken open into devotion or just discover deeper meaning it often brings with it this very subtle sense or not so subtle that, that we know just a little bit more than other people or we're just like a little bit more in tune and right, just a little bit better than other people because, because we're a little bit more awake and a little bit more, right, or a lot. And, and then it will often express itself in, in separation, um, Many years ago, I don't know if you remember this film, but I had written a satire on basically on spiritual bypassing that was called Zen Boyfriends, and it was
0: mm.
1: a young woman dating spiritual guys of different traditions in in California, and it was turned into a musical, and and it was a, a play based on, the,
2: on real life. No, doubt.
1: <laughs> based on my real life and <laughs> many people's real lives, uh. which is why it had so much resonance. It traveled around the world, and I was like, wow, there's spiritual um, Zen boyfriends in Japan and Italy and and, and then it was playful, but it was a real thing that happens. like, especially, let's use the example of a non-dual tradition, right, and somebody has this awakening, and then they're in an argument with their partner, and, and they're getting mad, and it's like, the partner says, who's the you that's getting mad, right, and the other partner says, I'm the me that's getting mad, you know, what are you talking about, and, and then the partner says, well, you know, who is this you, go deeper, and then the other partner proceeds to get, you know, angrier, because, because spirituality is being used as a defense, and and that the variations on it are endless. And, and Eyes Wide Open, I did a, a chapter on spiritually transmitted diseases, STDs. And, right. and I made an initial list. But over the years, people are writing, you know, saying, how about this one, how about this one, how about this one? And, and for me, always, like from my first real, real spiritual book in, in the field, which was many years before it was called Halfway Up the Mountain, the Error Premature Claims to Enlightenment, I've always felt like uncovering these obstacles is a very positive, positive forward-moving process. So even though the news may be daunting at first, it's like peeling, peeling away layers of obscuration that, that lead to greater clarification. So it's like an inverted, an inverted journey toward awakening rather than you know straight linear up. It's like mm-hmm. peeling peeling down to get to something real.
0: Mm-hmm. Mar- Marianne, uh, I wanted to mention uh, to our listeners, you mentioned it's election week, uh, or it actually it's the w- w- week after the presidential election 2016, so people uh, have a frame of reference where we're at right now, and may- maybe not a time of, of much unity. But I-, I wanted to ask you, if you're uh, somebody sees you in your capacity as a psychotherapist, and-, and they ask you directly, you know, I have no spiritual practice, I have no spiritual exercise... Uh, that I am involved in, and I think you know this would be good for me. What, what do you recommend to them?
1: Um, well, it's a good question. Um, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is like Baskin Robbins, thirty-one flavors, because there's so many. There's really different approaches, many different, very good mm-hmm. approaches. And and like finding a good partner or a therapist or a good anything vocation, um, the question of what you're actually going to resonate with is is very important. And um, a a baseline of of a baseline meditation contemplation practice is is always a good beginning because it strings through really all the great religions some kind of meditative practice. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, these days, we have at our fingertips all of this mindfulness practice. And, you know, with the click of, click of a Google, you can, you can be guided into a simple, especially mm-hmm. body-centered, like these body-oriented mindfulness, becoming aware, learning to uh, become aware of, of the body and, and the breath, and a very, very simple, grounded meditation practice. Um, and then, and then I, I would recommend and people come to me for this all the time and say, okay, like, I want to, I want to start something out, but can you give me some, some guidelines, like go, go to somebody who you, who you respect, who's deeply immersed in the spiritual path and, and ask for some starting points so that you don't have to recreate the wheel Mm -hmm. and be like I was at 19 in Ann Arbor, Michigan, you know, going to every new age, whatever was available to try to see what was what, Right. We don't need to recreate the wheel. You can go to somebody who, who you respect and say, like, hey, you know, if I was going to try a Buddhist thing, what would you recommend? And if I was going to try a yogic thing, what would you recommend? And, you know, and what would you avoid? And if I was going to try, you know, is there something else? You know me, you know, like, what do you think might, might really resonate with me? And take, you know, take the counsel of, of, right, those who you feel are not perfectly congruent, but more or less walking their talk mm-hmm. in
0: life. And the path. Makes sense, Mariana.
2: When I I first uh, became aware of you and your work, um, I was writing American Veda, and I came across your one of your early books. Do you need a guru? Um, and that the issue of gurus and disciples was, was a very important one um, at that time. And a lot of people were very anti-guru. And I found your approach uh, very well balanced. And so I. Um, Contacted you and so forth, and um, that was some time ago. And I'm wondering um, how, um, if at all, your um, your your take on gurus, students, and, and teachers, uh, if it has changed at all, and um, if there is if you've observed in the in the spiritual world any uh, evolution in in that regard?
1: Yeah, it's a really, really good question. So the book you're referring to, Phil, was, was the book that was my doctoral research. My dissertation turned into a book, and then Sounds True a decade later asked me if I would do a fully updated version, so I redid the book and it came out under the title of The Guru Question, The Perils and Rewards of Choosing a Spiritual Teacher. And when I teach or have these conversations and, and the door is opened to the guru question, you know, I immediately get this image of this big can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> when you were kids and you, that little uh-huh. sluggy, sticky, slimy mm-hmm. stuff with worms in the little garbage can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. You know, we're being brief with these questions because it's—it it's, is. I—I I can open that can of worms, and I know what those different worms look like. And but it's—it's it's a full can of worms. Very charged tissue for people. And and I both had a guru for fourteen years until his death, Lee Lozowick, and have known. Um, you know. Known many more and through through clients and crises that I've intervened with, you know known countless more. And my views have have changed immensely over the years when I wrote, "Do you need a guru?" and later the guru question i was and I was inverting the question instead of like what's the you know what's the problem with with gurus? It's like how do we become the right kind of spiritual student so that we would increase the likelihood of a discerning spiritual students so that we would both increase the likelihood of finding a good and healthy guru or spiritual teacher if that's what we want and and how and be prepared to make good use of that relationship um, decades passing and it, it may just be because I, I am really this garbage compost receptacle for for <laughs> so much fallout on the spiritual path I deal with it every week of my life pretty much what i've come to see and and it's very interesting having put so many years into into the issue and i feel always free to you know change my mind and grow and develop i want to be i want to do that but but it seems that it's, it's largely just not working in western culture in the majority of cases
0: mm-hmm.
1: any kind of traditional guru relationship the not only the gurus psychology but but the disciples are are the individual psychologies are are just so um Um, there's so much, it's, it's an Eastern model and, and there's so much psychological, so many psychological dynamics and so much psychological complexity involved in that relationship working cleanly that it's really not enough for a, a guru to, to have cleaned that up, which, you know, many haven't, many, many gurus dismiss psychology or value it, but don't get really into it because it's right. It's not as deep and bright and, and um, ecstatic, or you name your spiritual word of choice, as a lot of the spiritual traditions, and yet without its inclusion, not only for the teacher, but for the students, the, the likelihood of it happening effectively, uh, in it, especially in any kind of group setting, mm-hmm. is, is just not proving itself, in my, you know, in my opinion. I don't know what you're seeing, Phil, but... Um, it's just not proving itself to to be that effective. But I can't, I won't say anything about the spiritual path without acknowledging that there's many, many valid exceptions to it. Yeah, well, and and, 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 and I'm certainly not are. speaking to to the guru in the east because I really feel like that's a, a whole different yeah. uh, psychology and dynamic.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, if I could follow up, uh, one of the interesting things about you and your study of the guru. A devotee relationship, is you had a fruitful relationship with a guru. And I'm sure you run into many people who, who have. So um, at the same time, there are hazards. And uh, maybe you could help our uh, listeners uh, sort some of those, you know, to know what to look for.
1: I mean, a lot of the hazard is that there's not there's not so many great teachers around. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I can't tell you how many times people over the years have approached me and said, you know, I really am looking for a guru or a good spiritual teacher, but I don't want to cross a bridge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, who can you recommend in mm-hmm. Berkeley or Marin? Or and, you know, I think, like, I don't say, but I think, like, wow, I travel to all corners of the earth. You know, if you have a parent, if you're a parent, family, it's not necessarily going to be available, but I travel to all corners of the earth. We can't, we can't talk about bridge traffic, <laughs> or uh-huh. you know those kind of limitations because because to find a really good teacher, it's not that we have to. I spent loads, I spent years with my teacher, but but that's also not possible. But the 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 integrus. Fairly integrated I'm not even talking about enlightened, you know, but but enlightened in some respects and not too unenlightened in other respects gurus Without scandal and who have their you know, their issues In line in terms of Mm -hmm. uh, the scandals where there's sex money and power in that order or sex Mm -hmm. sex 90% and then money and power tied for the other 10% Um, There's some but but you know when I get asked these recommendations I'm often a little bit stumped
2: right. and but, then the
1: ones who I want to recommend have mm-hmm. you know a thousand or two thousand students and they're never going to get direct contact right. with them because right. those people have so many students because the other gurus are not um, able to really sustain their integrity over time right. and you know I'm I'm again open to the exceptions on that but it's it's a tricky one and but what can we replace that with It's not just killing killing the whole issue but but the thing that i think we can replace it with which has its own pitfalls is is both learning how to realistically determine what we want need and, and can realistically get from a, a given spiritual teacher and and what what is not
0: plausible. Mm-hmm. yeah what i'm hearing right? from like you many, go ahead yeah what i'm hearing from you mariana is uh, l- look if you can get a, a good guru there's nothing better it's fabulous but if you can't uh, you know, uh, you can still progress on the spiritual path and you, you don't absolutely need a guru. A- and, uh, you know, if you do seek a guru, lower your expectations because they might not be able to deliver everything. And, and just a follow-up to that. Um, in, 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 but yeah, not quite,
1: not quite that. I don't know, when you frame it back, I, I think, well,
0: Isn't I can't imagine my that?
1: life without having, having and continuing to benefit strongly from various spiritual teachers.
0: Mm-hmm. But that's so. The, uh, you're uh, distinguishing
2: too. between uh, spiritual teachers and the classic Oof. sort of Eastern model of guru disciple. Uh-huh. Surrender. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and right, I I will seek out a teacher because I need further instruction in meditation, and I, or I need further instruction in yoga, or I don't understand pranayama, or I, you know, have a longing to go where the Tibetans went with visualization and so forth. And and I I think we always need to be humble enough to recognize that mm-hmm. on this great path, there are people. You know, I I I am a therapist to people who are far more developed in certain areas of spirituality than I am, and 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 it's it's just important to, right? Which is why we need discernment and why why there's no great shortcuts on the spiritual path, right? Because you don't. You, I mean, you can write you can write or read a book on discernment, the but then you have to right then you have to then you have to dig in the ground and discover it through your own experience.
0: Hmm. Dennis, go ahead. You were going yeah, to ask... The, the, other part, the other question I had was, when uh, you would use the expression spiritual path, which you use, uh, I assume when there's a, a path, there's an end goal, or is it an endless path? I mean, if there's a, somebody says to you, it, wants an introduction to spirituality, uh, is you know, practice this and grow spiritually, But is there an end goal? Is is there an enlightenment or some point where uh, the path has come to an end?
1: The best way I can answer that is with a very, very short story, which is one of the greatest gifts that I've encountered in my life on this spiritual path or journey is when I was on this one-way ticket in India when I was 25 years old, wandering around looking for God. I at that, um, you know, by by happy chance, I, well, I both ran into my own teacher, my own guru, who became my, my guru of many years, and his guru, who was a so- South Indian saint named Yogi Ramsarat Kumar, who lived in Tiruvannamalai, South India. He died in 2001. And I ended up spending um, the better part of a year in, in the very close proximity of, of this, this yogi. And in all of my years uh, as a, in all of my functions on the path, I've never been privy to to mastery of that of that degree. And although I was almost too young and not quite spiritually experienced enough to know exactly what I was encountering, um, I, I knew that, and I just tried to to note and take in as much as I I could as a reference point from this yogi. And what I got to see. Above all, I would say in, in those nine months was the example of a, a a great practitioner. The yogi had had this, whatever is often referred to as enlightenment. He had had this great shift of consciousness about um, over 40 years before I had met him. I met him in his 70s and he had had his, he never talked about it this way, but his enlightenment and around 30. And he never stopped. It was like whatever happened to him, um, resulted in increased energy and sort of velocity of of expansion, and you know, I witnessed day in and day out uh, any any concept of of a top end of where the path would go or just repeatedly just be up, uprooted, and I, I I I saw with total conviction that that there's there's no end to, to the path and no end to expansion and no landing point. And, you know, I wish, I wish I could share, you know, more than words, what it was like to see somebody like that. And it was this, right. It was this huge gift because, because it protected me my whole life. It has protected me from, from a perception of arrival, at whatever Mm -hmm. state I'm in or stage it's like i've seen, you know, an an example of what mm-hmm. is what is possible and <clears throat> and it's 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 sort of humbling on a lifelong basis and and in that sense comforting.
2: Yeah. That's great. Uh, you I don't know, have to
1: try to to be somebody and when i see all these people arriving, i i look at them, you know, or i'll spend some time with them and then i'll have the reference inside for the for the yogi and and that notion of arrival, I think is one of the great pitfalls on the path because mm-hmm. because then it it stops
2: further development interesting and and uh, when you said that, I recalled and I looked it up while we you were speaking um, in the in the page where i quote you, where I mention you and your guru Lee Lozewick, uh, who I should add was an, an American was an american um i I say that I looked at his website, and the whole website at that time consisted of just this. If you're looking for enlightenment, look somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that was Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be bothered with enlightenment. That's great. Um, Uh, He wanted people like walking their talk and... And you know, integrating at progressively deeper levels and becoming more effective agents of service and transformation and discernment in the world.
2: That's Speaking of that kind training. of integration, um, maybe you could tell us about your yoga, yoga and psyche project.
1: Yes, that was the last ten years of my life. Um, so, my I with Lee and and under the guidance of the yogi, I I kind of entered the yogic path. And and uh, well, through a different door than is common in America, I entered it through the through the meditation and the the trainings, more in the energetic realms. And only later did I get into physical yoga. Later, being thirty, so so as and and ever since then, I've I've just pursued yoga, you know, ongoingly. It's like so many people who who love the yogic path; it just becomes this lifelong best friend that or you know, profound relationship that just continues to deepen and grow over over the years so um, but always as I explained in the beginning in tandem with the psychological work so so about 10 years ago I started teaching workshops through the California Institute of integral studies where I taught for many years on the integration of yoga and Western psychology and it was during that time when I was doing Peter Levine's three-year training on somatic experiencing so when i was exploring deeply somatic technology and somatic psychology which is really psych- psychology and psychotherapy from the inside out from from the body outward rather than from from the mind attempting to integrate and and really the last 10 years of my life have have been devoted to exploring exploring how how yoga and western psychology work together to provide more than either of them alone for the western practitioner so so when i when i I have a son and when he was one and a half years old this new book this book started insisting itself from the inside out which many people can relate to in their own vocations but it's it just started saying like you have to write me now and i thought how can i do that with this little baby and and trying to work and pay a mortgage, and and so I sent out an email and, and to my list and said, "Hey, I'm looking for one or two research assistants. I have no time, but a, you know, a great vision, no time to offer." And and within a week, I had about twenty twenty plus extraordinary resumes of graduate students in psychology who are yoga teachers or some version of that. And I looked at, at these resumes, and I, I said, I heard my teacher Lee, and he said, and inside my head, he said, this is a good problem. Uh-huh. So I invited everybody over and asked them, you know, what are you wanting to contribute? What are you willing to contribute? And, and what, are your, what is your skill set? And from that was born this, this larger Yoga and Psyche project, which at that time um, included r- popular research for the book. Two doctoral students helped me research all the academic literature to date in all the related fields of neuroscience, somatics, mindfulness, yoga, and all the correlates that we published into an academic article. From there, I did an online dialogue series with some of the great people in the field who I, I wanted to know what other people were doing. And from that was born the Yoga and Psyche Conference, which was the first international conference in 2014 to bring people together people from i think 14 countries showed up for a weekend bringing together our our skills and our research on in this field and uh, a variety of of teachings and immersions to yoga teachers psychologists mental health workers and finally two weeks ago <laughs> the book <laughs> all those things kind of got Got not in the way, but but because I had all of this wonderful support, I felt like I wanted to to make use of it, and then finally, finally the book, which which fortunately had that those several years of of all the other all the other research coming into it, and basically uh, the premise of the book is an invitation to the world, to to those people who who are interested or who love who love these subjects to begin to. To come together and you know draw on I'm offering an integration of all the information that that I've learned to date, but really as a starting point to because these fields are integrating mm-hmm. on their own anyway so to, to to consciously come together and and collaborate in in various ways
2: to to evolve this integration of these two fields mm-hmm.
1: together Great.
2: and we should add that it's not just a book but it's a it's a project and um, they can learn more about it at, on your website, which is uh, realspirituality.com. dot com.
0: Real spirituality yeah, it's
1: a project, com. and it's not a fixed project. <laughs> it's it's a living, right? It's a living. It's a living project that that is completely influenced by, by all the the wisdom and passion that comes to the table. You know, I don't know where it will go, and I don't need to because I trust these subjects so much. Right. And I think of the microcosm of these 20 women who came to me and then the conference where I met these 150 people all over the world who were doing their various things. And it's like, oh, let's see, you know, what's possible when we come together and, and create this together. And will
2: there be a re- empirical research as well?
1: Yeah, so with, with two of those doctoral students, we we spent, I mean, we at that time we researched everything academic to date on the subject which is all on my website. It was in an article, Yoga Psychotherapy, but it's it's also integrated in a popular form into the book.
0: Great. Well, Mariana... Everything,
1: everything I'm aware
0: of to right. date,
1: anywhere. Right. Not all of it, but, you know, yeah. synthesized yeah. into into one place for people.
0: We, we thank you so much for taking the time to come on and wish you great success and hope you can come back on again sometime. Uh, and, and I repeat that, uh, at our website, spiritmatterstalk.com, will have this all posted up, and uh, thank you again. And continue um, success. I,
1: I did. I did want to mention. Phil mentioned my website, but I took the last year on sabbatical to finish the book. And in April, I'll be doing the first uh, public immersion on on mm-hmm. the integration of this material, both in the San Francisco Bay Area and also with an an online adaptation of it so it'll be a
2: right. local and international course. And we should note that we're recording this in November of 2016 and so the April she referred to as 2017. Right. Um, and if you're tuning into the archive after that date, I'll bet there will be a way There to will be something
1: that. else going
2: on. There's always a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure.
1: There's always something else behind it as long Thank as I live. <laughs>
2: Thanks, Mariana. Uh, Pleasure I to wish be with you had, both. I wish we had a couple of hours. We'll have to revisit right. you uh, again sometime.
0: I'm soon. not we'll going like anywhere. Book. <laughs> Likewise, you both. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you.